Send Your Home Slice to Haiti, one that's a hilarious, hilarious title. And you guys should seriously go to this. Don't just think about showing up by yourself. Just plan it as a night to go with your friends to this place. Um, Because Haiti's awesome. Well, it's a pretty messed up place. But she's awesome, and she's going to go help make it better. Uh, And finally, I was going to shout out, I've gotten to spend some behind-the-scenes times with Jairus, your youth pastor. He works his butt off. Right after his baby was born, he walked in, and it looked like his eyes were about to fall out of his face because he was so tired. And I saw him giving it all. So everyone, a round of applause for him. So he helped me a lot uh, doing this message. He asked me a few weeks ago, and I had an idea for what I was going to speak on until about yesterday uh, when I decided it was terrible. So I brought in my ideas to him, and he gave me a lot of pointers that were really helpful. One of them was start with something funny. And I had a really funny thing. You'll just have to trust me for that. Um, but I didn't, uh, wasn't able to make it happen because of some technology problems because pro presenter. Boo. Can we get a boo for ProPresenter? I hope they hear it back at ProPresenter headquarters. Um, So everyone, close your eyes. I'm going to just walk you through what I was supposed to have done. All right, everyone. All all eyes closed, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Um, So today we're going to be talking about wrestling with God. And I just wanted to give you guys a metaphor for who we are and who God is. Help you guys understand. Tomorrow is Star Wars Day. So I figured I'd make a relevant reference to Star Wars. And uh, what pops a gif of Yoda? Gif. Gif? Gif. And he's pulling out a laser. (laughs) A lightsaber. (laughs) I'm 23. I know what these are, okay? Um, And he pulls it out, and he is hardcore, right? And I say something like, this is what God is like compared to us. And then the next slide up pops your favorite character, Jar Jar Binks. And this is us. Who would win in a fight, everyone? Who would win in a fight between Jar Jar Binks and Yoda? Thank you. So that was what it was supposed to be. But turns out, all I have is the next slide. Whoa. All right. So I'm going to start off with a scripture, and then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to get into the message. Um, By the way, I'm JJ. I am married to the children's pastor here, and that's all that matters. Okay, uh, Genesis 32, 24. This is the only part of the scripture that we're looking at tonight. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. All right, bow your heads, and I'm going to pray. God, help us to um, seek after you today, Lord. We know that we need your words more, than, more now than we ever have, and uh, we know that it's sometimes difficult to figure out what's true and what's not. So help us to find that out tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, so I'm going to get to the full story of this picture and that scripture uh, in a little bit. But let's go ahead and go to the main point. Let's just jump right in. On the next slide, yeah. So this is going to be the main takeaway I'm talking about tonight. To get to know God, we have to wrestle with him. And uh, it's illustrated pretty well by that story. And I'll get back to that in just a little bit. Um, so I was trying to think of it, like I said, I was trying to think of an intro, and after the whole GIF thing went down the tube, the only thing I could think of that was really relevant to this topic and kind of funny was that feeling, do you guys know the feeling of when you've met someone once, twice, three times, you forget their name? What's the threshold, what's, what's the time limit between when you can and cannot ask them again? Mar- 
Okay, what's your technique? Wow. I don't even need to preach anymore. That was actually, that was literally verbatim the end of this sermon. <laughs> if you forget God's name, just ask him to spell it. Um, but no, so, you know, I've even, I'm not even going to tell you who, but I was actually just whispering to Amy earlier. I walked up and I said, hey, who is that person? <laughs> and she had to tell me, uh-uh, no way. Why would, no, no way it was you. Um, so anyways, um, so we, what I was getting at there was talking about questions we have that we're afraid to ask. Who likes, who's like me and thinks everything through all the time? So someone presents you with something complex and you want to think it all through. Who gets up in their head a lot? Okay, sweet. Who feels like they always have permission to ask anything that's on their mind anytime? Huh, that's pretty freeing. Um, well, I don't feel that way all the time because the questions I want to ask often challenge whatever, like, is appropriate at the time. Um, I've always been a really, really curious person. And to give a little background, I grew up in the South, in Oklahoma. I don't know if that's considered the South. Midwest? All right. I didn't know that until I came here. So, grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, the farther South you go, um, Christianity takes on a different flavor. It kind of becomes... Uh, it's just hard to ask hard questions in the culture I grew up in. That's all I'm saying. Um, I grew up in a really great home and a faithful family and all that, but sometimes it was hard to talk about hard things. And uh, uh, for someone like me who had a lot of what felt like really tough questions to ask, especially about my faith, but including anything, I mean, sex or you name whatever awkward topic there is to talk about in church or whatever, I didn't know how to ask about it. Um, in fact, it almost got me in trouble a couple years ago, or, well, last year. I was in college, and I was in leadership at my college, so I was on the floor as a tutor. So kids would come to me, and I would, um, they would try to get me to do their homework, and I would say, no, go work on it, and I would get a free room for that. So, um, one day we were at this big, uh, leadership training meeting, and there was a, they were going to talk, I wasn't going to share what the topic was, was not important, but it makes more sense to share it. So it was all the men in the program, and we were all meeting for worship and a, and a message. And a speaker got up there and started talking about uh, the role of a man in a relationship, especially in marriage. And I don't know if it was just me uh, or not, but some of the things he was saying was really grinding my gears. <laughs> I don't know if that's a cool thing to say, but um, my gears were grinding. And... Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bear repeating what he was saying because, you know, whatever. But he was saying things that I thought hadn't been said since, like, 1945, okay? And I'm sitting there thinking, what year is this? Who do you think you're talking to, old man? Like, that's how I was feeling. And I was in a room of a bunch of people who were really respected this guy, and um, they were nodding their heads and stuff. And um, I don't know. I got so mad. And it was a... This is the culture that I'm talking about. You don't really challenge authority, especially in public. So I was thinking, how can I walk out of here not angry, but also not making a scene with my questions? So I raised my hand, and the very large, intimidating man looked at me, and he said, yes. And um, I was, like, shaking and sweating. I'm not even nervous to get up here, but I was, like, sweating. Because the question I thought was 
normal. And I said, you can imagine what he was talking about. I said, hi, um, I'm not going to tell you what I asked, but I asked a question, and he looked around the room and asked other people how to answer that. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You are the man here. We are all young people. We don't know. Please don't ask my peers to answer that question. Um, And the uh, people were saying answers that I also thought, oh, my gosh, are you my age? Why are you repeating what he's saying? This is insane. This is all crazy. This isn't scriptural, or if it is, it's out of context. And I was going off. Have you guys ever felt like that or been in a situation like that or been in a sermon that you wanted to bang your head against the wall? Okay, right? It's, it's all over. And especially when you're younger, you have a lot of time to think, but you don't have a lot of time to do much about it, right? When you're in college, you're getting paid to basically think about yourself for four years. You're not working. So you have a lot of questions, And when you're in a situation like that, you want to ask, but uh, if it gets shut down, it gets shut down. And mine did. My question did. Uh, I got a buzz on my phone right after that. And uh, it said, dude, I'm so glad you asked that question. We're back here thinking the same thing. And it turns out a lot of people were really mad during that message. Um, I was so mad. I like, I didn't know what to do. I walked out. I walked out of the room and I was like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to, I got to do something. I'm so mad. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep. So, because I don't even know. It, that's how emotional you get. It's like stupid emotional about something that doesn't matter. So I texted my, uh, a mentor I had, and I was like, hey, I need, to, I need to talk to you tomorrow. I need to come into your office. So I went into his office, and I told him exactly what I thought and felt. And uh, he gave me a lot of good perspective on it. But um, the reason I'm saying that whole story is that's how I feel a lot of the time. That's how I felt growing up sometimes in church. Uh, that's how I felt with teachers. That's how I felt with certain adults in my life who seemed to have concluded something that I was only beginning to ask. Does that make sense? So it seems that someone, when you get older, all of a sudden you have all these firm opinions on who God is, what he does, what's right and wrong. But you're just beginning to ask it. So when you ask a question, you get an answer, but you're not really looking for an answer. You're looking for a conversation. Does that make sense? Uh, and I didn't get conversations a lot. So um, the world, I, I was writing this down. I mean, not only are we find ourselves in that situation, but we find, our situation, find ourselves in that situation with the way the world's going right now, right? Um, I had a huge question on my heart back in July, July 7th, right? Do you guys remember that summer, last summer, how there were all those shootings going on? Um, and still are. And... Uh, it was the first time I had really, I guess, woken up to the fact that there's those kind of issues still happening, right? You learn in school, like, basically racism died with MLK. But now we know that's not true. But I looked back through all the sermons I had heard, and I didn't hear a lot about racism. I didn't hear a lot about that in the Bible. We didn't talk about that at home. Uh, so there was, a, there was a shooting, and it turned into cops dying, and then this guy got blown up, and then two days earlier, there were... Two people who got shot in the cars, and I'm thinking, who do I ask about that? Do I ask my parents? Do I ask my black friends? You know, do I just, are you representative of all black people here? And I didn't know what to do with that question. I didn't know what to do with the question of the election, right? Uh, What are we supposed to make of all of that mess? Especially when our parents or people who are older than us, seem to have conclusions already, right? And we're just beginning to ask that. Um, 
And when you ask those questions, you either get shut down or ignored or you get told to think one way rather than challenged or ask more questions. So that, it grinds my gears. Maybe that should have been my final thoughts. Don't let your gears get grinded. Um, um, so you've got people in your life asking you these questions that you don't know how to answer. You've got the world asking you questions that you don't have answers to. And we come every day and we sing songs. So here's, a, here's an interesting tidbit. I'm not good at worship. Kira, my wife, is a, was in a worship band growing up. She loves to sing. She can play guitar. And when we first started dating and she went to church with me, I uh, would stand there, and this is how I would worship. And not much is going on. And if you look at me still, I apologize to all worship bands. I'm probably like the least hype person to watch worship. It's like I'm not even a Christian or something up there. Um, and that really bothered her. Like, she was like, I mean, he talks the talk, but <laughs> does he walk the walk? I don't see him. I see him swaying the sway, but not much else. But <clears throat> um, but I would always be in my head thinking about the lyrics. I, I thought, oh, my gosh, fire fall down? That's terrifying. Why would I ask God to do that? What Last time that happened, like, the cities burned to the ground. Or just all these, you know, really complex, uh, out there lyrics. And I'm like, the last time I talked to God, I said, hey, God, can you help me get my car started? Like, put that to oceans, right? Um, and your love will make my car start. Oh, this is the first time I've sung in public. How was it? Thank you. I didn't write it. Um, this time, first song in public. It's my first one. Um, but I would be up in my head. And I didn't know, I didn't want to ask that. Everyone else seemed to be just doing it and understanding it. But I was like, who is the Rose of Sharon? That's not in the Bible. Have you heard a song with the term Rose of Sharon in it? it right? It's not Jesus, but they sing it like it is. And um, I've just always struggled with that. Or like drowning in the ocean. I'm like, that sounds scary. <laughs> no. And um, so anyways... When I get by myself and I'm confronting these questions, I don't get answers very often, um, especially when it comes to things that Jesus says. So I'm named after Jesus, right? Christian, right? We're named after him, but I don't know how many times we're honest about something he says that is totally impossible to understand. Um, specifically, recently, I was going to put pictures up here, but... Um, I was going to take a picture of my cars and my refrigerator and my living room. And I was actually going to pass around my bank statement that shows how many times I've been to Starbucks in the last year. But honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a married young man. We don't have a lot of money compared to a lot of married young people. But compared to almost everybody else, we're rich, right? I mean, we're rich. I came in our car. That's huge. That's huge. The, the boys we're, we're, we're taking care of right now, they're poor, they came from poverty, right? I can't ever complain about not having money. So what do I do? What do I do when Jesus says to that rich young ruler, who I'm richer than now than he ever was then, when he says, go and sell all of your possessions, right? And then come and follow me. You know, I had asked that question before. I've asked that question to multiple people. Are we supposed to sell all our possessions? And 
that would say, well, for the rich young ruler, that, that was his thing. That was the thing God wanted him to get rid of. But, but for you, it might be something different. It might be pride or whatever. And, then, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll take that. And I took that. And I took that. But then guess what? Probably during a worship song, I started thinking about it again, especially after I got married. And um, I came across another verse where it's not just to one person. It's to everyone. It says, Jesus says, if you do not give up everything you have and come follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so do I give up Starbucks for 40 days or do I sell my house? <laughs> Doesn't seem like there's a lot of line in between. And, um, I still don't have an answer to that, and it has kept me up at night. I've gotten scared over that question. I've gotten excited over that question, but I don't have an answer, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people do. Um, I don't have an answer to the racism thing. I don't have an answer to why does God seem different in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament. I don't have an answer. Why does the New Testament talk about slavery or all these things? I have so many questions that, that can inhibit me from God. I was going to show a video of, of Veggie Tales. And how growing up, right, growing up, we, we, we read all these stories in the Bible, and they're innocuous, they're fine. And we see them through the lens of little vegetables. But then you get older, and you read the Bible for yourself for the first time, because guess what? You can read now, and you read something that hits you that doesn't fit with your worldview, you know? You read that thing about, about Jesus telling you to give all your stuff away, and you're alone in your room because you're told, you know, quiet time, and... What do you do with all of that stuff? What do you do? So if you can go to the next slide. Let's go back to that story. Um, uh, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Do you guys know, know generally who Jacob was, right? Can we get a high hands up? He was one of the first uh, people that God really used to begin putting his will on the earth. And one day he is migrating with his family, and he's walking alone in the desert. And out of nowhere, this man walks up to him and starts to wrestle with him. There's no context given, by the way. Another thing that, come on, give me more detail, Bible. And it's like, no, <laughs> right? That's how the Bible talks sometimes when you wake it up too early, right? Um, and so this man is wrestling with Jacob, and it's going fine. They're tied all night, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the man touches his hip, and just knocks his hip out, right? And uh, Jacob's like, dang, you have magic powers? <laughs> Why were you wrestling with me, you know? And the guy, they have a conversation, and eventually this guy reveals himself to be God himself. And uh, we know that God comes as a person sometimes, Jesus. And um, he came as a person here. So, again, who would win in a fight between God and Jacob? Right, okay, thank you. Perfect. Who won here? God did, but why did he wrestle with him for a full night? Was he trying to, to wrestle him to the ground? No, right? That wasn't the purpose. Normally when you, when you attack someone in the middle of the night, you're trying to beat them and wrestle them to the ground. And if that was God, he could have blown the earth up. That was my original metaphor, by the way, to compare God to the Death Star. And I was like, that's not, that's not a good idea. Um, but, so he comes down, God himself comes down as a person, meets Jacob eye to eye, and locks arms with him. Not for a minute, not for, it wasn't a hug. And they wrestled all night, tied. He leveled himself to the level of where Jacob was exactly. 
And at the end of the night, he proved himself that he was God. One simple touch, and Jacob was done, right? But he walked away, and, and instead of being called Jacob anymore, God named him Israel. And, and, and it, Israel means to wrestle with God. So God's chosen people are named after this wrestling match. So this is the most important image to me in all of Scripture. I'm someone who looks at the world and says, what the heck is going on, right? And it makes me mad. It makes me so mad. Why do my parents think differently than I do on some things? Why do my friends think differently than I do? Why are people stupid? For real, though, why are people angry? Why do people get obsessed with things that don't matter? And then you go to sleep and you wake up and you realize, why do I get obsessed with things that don't matter? And why do I get hung up on things that I was taught as a child and now don't seem to be true? Does that mean the Bible isn't true? Does that mean God isn't true? But this proves that, that having answers isn't the point. Having clear and concise answers to every question that someone might ask you about your faith, about um, about God, about this or that in the Bible, or having an answer to whether it was seven days or 4,000 years, to have an answer about whether you voted for Trump or Clinton and why, and why God supports that. Um, <laughs> you know, do you support blue or do you support black, right? Do you have an answer? And everyone thinks God's on their side. But God shows us a different way to deal with that. We don't have to deal with that in Facebook comments, and I've, I'm guilty of that. I recently started a comment about what to do with Syria on my Facebook page. 65 comments later, and I was exhausted. I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? Why did I get on Facebook and ask a politics question? Um, but I did, because I'm an idiot. I'm one of those. Um, but like an idiot, I was also alone at night in the desert, and God came and wrestled with me. A long time ago, I had a night where I... Um, really heard God's voice clearly in like one of those like miraculous moments. It, 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 I didn't hear his voice out loud. It was in my head and he told me, don't ever question my love for you. And right then and there, I knew who God was. He was good and he loved me. But ever since then, I've had a lot of other questions. God, if you're so good, why did you order everyone in Jericho to die? All the kids too. Why, why, why? You know, God, if you're so good, why? Did that guy get shot in his car? And that doesn't mean I don't think God loves me. It just means that I have questions. So if you want to go to the next slide, I'm going to talk about who God is by talking about what he allows us to do with him, and that's wrestle him. He does not spite you with lightning for asking the wrong question. Jesus' disciples nagged him for three years. They rejected him at the end. He came back and reinstated them with more power, right? So, if you want answers to some of the hard questions you're asking, um, you have to get alone with God. You cannot find your answers by getting angry, walking to Facebook, typing it out and thinking, you've shown the world what you believe, because guess what? Nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares. Um, they may care in the right setting, but we use the wrong settings a lot. I do. 
all the time. But if you really want answers, if you actually care about the truth, you got to get along with God. You got to be alone in your room and simply ask God, God, what do I do about these two little boys? I don't know. I don't know. What do I do? And I'm going to pretty 99% of the time, you're not going to hear a voice. You're not going to hear something, but he's going to hear you asking that, and he'll start to answer it for you. Um, This isn't an excuse to get in your room and start to abuse God, get angry at him, shout at him, yell at him, and tell him you're not good because you have to wrestle with him. Not trying to win, but trying to learn, right? Um, All right, next slide. You have to do what I believe that we're not encouraged to do very much and face the reality. You have to point to whatever scripture you are struggling with or whatever issue you are struggling with and address it honestly. Uh, there can't be taboo in our relationship with God. If your problem is, is uh, sex, if your problem is the president, if your problem is um, why are there so many kids uh, without parents, Ask it out loud. Next slide. You have to talk to someone smarter than you. Again, you don't know the answers. I don't know the answers. Um, but there's somebody who's a little closer to getting them. Um, talk to someone. Find someone you trust. If it's, It doesn't have to be your parents. If it's not your parents, find a teacher you admire. Find Jairus, find me. Um, I promise you won't have a clear-cut answer for it, but we will wrestle with you. Uh, We'll face God eye to eye because he loves us. That's why he's here. He's not here to defeat us. He's here to lift us up. All right, next slide. You got to listen to that person. Um, I know I'm guilty of of venting where you just go off on a tangent because you want to be heard. And now that I have a three-year-old in my house, I have a little more context on what it looks like to vent. He just makes noise to be heard. He's not seeking the understanding, right? But that's okay because he's three. It's not okay when you're 16. It's not okay when you're 23. It's not okay when you're 50. It's not okay when you're 105. Um, If you actually are interested in learning the truth, you have to listen to something that is hard to hear, especially coming from someone who's wiser than you. Um, I had to do that when I walked out of that meeting, right? I went and talked to another very traditional middle-aged person, and he was a little more reasonable, and, but I, I didn't like what I was hearing, but I still listened because turns out he's older than me. He might know some more stuff. Um, and last slide. Next. You have to do what Jacob and God did and wrestle all night. Um, do not listen to anybody who tells you that Christianity is, is super, super uh, easy. It can be simple. God loves us. That's, that's a very huge topic that can be boiled down to a very simple thing. But living out Christianity is difficult. And especially every time you step into a new stage in life, you're going to be confronted with questions. Um, what do you do when you start dating someone? And you're not old enough to get married but you're old enough to have sex? That's a really tough question. I dated Kira for two years. If you don't think that we didn't think about that and we didn't wrestle with that and I didn't feel guilt about what to do about that, uh, you're wrong. I did. 
And um, if you don't think for me right now with these boys, right, I keep going back to these boys because there's nothing in my life more challenging to my worldview than taking care of two boys from an abusive background. Um, what do I do when he's screaming and he hits me in the face? How do I, how do I react when I'm mad? How do I react to a three-year-old? Do I tell him who's boss? Do I let him run over me? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm wrestling every day because I promise you, when you wrestle with God, when you don't turn away from that fight, he will give you truth. Promise you. I'll stand by that for the rest of my life. He will answer your questions. Um, So let's go back to the last slide. If you want to get to know God, if you don't want to get to know God, this doesn't matter. Um, Truly, if you don't want to get to know God, if you're not interested in finding out more about him, it doesn't matter. You You can vent and you can scream and you can cry and you will never get closer to the truth. But if you do want to get to know him, know he loves you, And know that he'll meet you eye to eye and wrestle with you as long as you need it. He'll remind you that he's God on tap, right? But uh, he won't drive you into the dirt. So if you have hard questions, ask me, ask Kira, ask Jairus, ask Amy, ask Abby, ask anyone. Talk. Um, But don't stop wrestling with him. Don't give up on him. He hasn't given up on you, I promise.